everyone, it's Jake Hamilton and welcome back to Random Ramblings. We are in quarantine day 12. Welcome to it. We've almost hit the two week mark and it looks like we will probably be here for a little bit. So that's kind of insane. But um, while I was thinking about that this morning, I was really caught up in Ecclesiastes 2 and 3. So let's just jump into the reality of living in the season that you've been given. We have to learn to embrace the season that we're actually in. In fact, I think about it a lot when I go to the grocery store because I see so many vegetables and so many fruits that actually that are available that actually don't grow in the season that we're currently in. Like I I can go into the straw into the the store in the middle of winter and I can buy strawberries, but strawberries don't grow in the middle of winter. I mean, in our new house that we're living in now, in our backyard, there was already a bunch of strawberry patches grown in the backyard. And I recognize that they don't grow year round, yet if I go to the grocery store, they're always there. We hate seasons. We wanna be able to buy anything, get anything in any season that we are in because we want to have it now. We feel like everything should be readily available available and we should never feel discomfort and we should never ever ever feel like we can't go grab anything which is really really hard in this season when you know you can't find toilet paper in some places bread in some places eggs in another place everybody's trying to get milk or who knows what it is right now flour I couldn't find flour the other day I was like my gosh you know I just wanted to make cookies with the kids or something and I can't find flour anywhere and the thing is is that We are so used to getting whatever we want, whenever we want it, that we can never, it's, it's, it's hard for us to just embrace the season that we're in, the place that we're in. Um, I talked about it a little bit uh, a few days ago and talking about the present, but this is, this is a little different in the sense that when I was looking at um, Ecclesiastes 2, I love this, this verse. First of all, Ecclesiastes 2 is amazing. Ecclesiastes 2 and 3 are ridiculously amazing. And Ecclesiastes 2, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Basically, you know, the teacher saying, um, that everything we can give our lives to essentially circles around this great evil, which is we're making it all about us. And that's what he's realized in, in Ecclesiastes 2. He's, re- he's saying that he's recognized most of our life is being given, given to just vanity. And in and the end of chapter 2, he says, There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil, which I also saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? And I love it because it's like, man, listen, just eat, drink, enjoy yourself. The reality is, is that God determines all of the seasons. So it's good to just deal with the struggle and the tension that you are currently in. Because in some way, it is God-ordained, God-given, and He will get glory from it. And he has a plan and a hope and a future for you so you can trust the season you're in. Now, the the version in Ecclesiastes, he comes from sort of a cynical perspective. He's like, ah, none of it works. It's all meaningless, meaningless. It's all meaningless. It's all vanity. It's all meaningless. It's all worthless. Just eat and drink and, you know, live in your toil and learn how to enjoy it. But the, the bigger point is that we can actually learn to embrace it and learn from it because we can actually trust the God who who dictates seasons. I don't see my trees out outside 
with their leaves falling to the ground, like fighting against the season. They can't fight against the fall. They just have to let their leaves hit the ground. They have to let their leaves change color and hit the ground. And that then that's why we transition over to Ecclesiastes 3, which is where I'm going, which is, I mean, we've all heard it, but it's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pick up, uh, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to cast stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, and a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to silence, and a time to speak, a time for love, a time for hate, a time for war, and a time for peace but then this is this is what I this is the part that like really stood out for me this morning as we can just embrace the season that we're in with confidence with fullness and with joy he says what gain has a worker from his toil I have seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with and it, then it gets to the next statement that I want to get to but first that reality of you can't change the seasons you can't Force a season to change. You can't will a season to change. In fact, praying against seasons is actually counter to the nature that God has set up. There are certain things that we have to recognize. There may be a couple of examples in all of scripture, but the majority of miracles, signs, and wonders don't actually go against natural order inside of, inside of what God ordained in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Now, I know that's like, for all of my friends uh, like that were all the charismatics in the world, like I believe God can still break through and do it. I'm just saying that it is most of the time, majority of your life, we're not supposed to be praying against the seasons that God has ordained. He actually put them there for a reason. And the business and the work that God has given us in those seasons actually will produce in us something that we can't see currently. And this is why I want to just end with this is what he, what, the way he finishes it up in verse 11 is he says, he has made everything beautiful in time. He puts eternity into a man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. The mystery part again. He says, listen, he will make and he has made everything beautiful in time. And he put eternity in your heart so that you will long for the beauty of that fullness, but he will not fully reveal it to you in this hour. Because like we said, again, Habakkuk 1.5, Habakkuk 1.5, we couldn't even imagine or fathom the things that he wants to show us and the things that he is currently doing. In fact, I may even talk about it tomorrow, like the role of Holy Spirit in that, to reveal God to us, to reveal. We need Holy Spirit to reveal God, to reveal Jesus to us. Not so that we can see what he's doing, so that we can continually see who he is. And I feel like we just need to just, even in this hour, we can slow down and go, you make everything beautiful in time. I trust that's who you are and it's what you do. You make everything beautiful beautiful in time. I, I just, I give that to you. Ecclesiastes 3.11. Can you just even go read it yourself today? Ecclesiastes 3.11. You make everything, you have made everything beautiful in time and he has put eternity into a man's heart.
Yet he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. And so God, I just, I ask even today for the families, for the individuals listening to this, that that God, you would awaken them to the, the, the faith, the trust and the courage that you actually make everything beautiful in the right season. And we don't have to fight against this season. We can embrace this season because it has a purpose. And we're not going to miss the purpose if we keep our eyes fixed on you. So I just pray that your family's blessed and you come back and join us again tomorrow.